the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. Kate Winslet micro expressions, 1800s teen angst. She is one of the most humble people. I love the character growth. She's award winning, well known. Yeah, I love this. She's 100% this character. She has this gumption off the charts. She is amazing. Oh, so classic. Bold, valiant, daring. So much grit, a lot of tears, a lot of boobs. A life lesson, you know? A life lesson from Kate Winslet. Yes. Hello, and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. We love Kate Winslet, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your own thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod, and as always, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the movie Iris. This was released in 2001, and Kate Winslet plays young Iris Murdoch. In this movie, as a famous writer faces a battle with Alzheimer's, we see the past of how the love between her and her husband began. If you haven't seen this movie, now's the time to pause and go watch it. It's available to rent on Amazon or free with Cinemax last time we checked. But from here on out, there will be spoilers. And I think it was, if you're interested in the topic, a good watch. You could probably tell from the description, also a very sad watch. So you kind of have to be in the mood. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree. Overall, I thought it was good. It's worth a one-time watch. I agree. You need to be in the right headspace for it. Mm Mm-hmm. So for the plot of Iris, we gave it a 7 out of 10. The beginning goes back and forth between young Iris, who's played by Kate Winslet and her husband John, and an older Iris, who's played by Judy Dench and her husband John. Who would you cast to play an older version of yourself? Mm. I mean, we love Mary Steenburgen. Oh, classic. And originally in these notes, we wrote Betty White. I feel like we watched this after she'd passed away, but maybe not. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. What about you? I don't know. I do love Mary Steenburgen. I'm not, I'm trying to think of like somebody realistic and not just like some older British lady that I love that doesn't actually work. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Trying to think. Just like blanking on older actresses right now. What's wrong with me? I know. Ooh. You know who I actually think would be great to play both of us? Oh, who? Maybe I'm just projecting, but uh-huh. the actresses who play Grace and Frankie. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Yes, Jane yes. Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I think yes. if they were to make a movie about our friendship, oh. that's who would play us. I love that. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> As an older woman, Iris is speaking at an event talking about freedom of the mind. As a young woman, Iris is very lively. She's introduced to John, who's a lecturer at her school. And John seems to be more shy, has a stutter, but they're both writers, and so they really connect over their love of that. They go to some sort of dance together, and Iris asks John if she can see his room. Very forward. He's pretty shy and hesitant, wants to follow the rules, but Iris is very unconcerned with with any structure, it seems. Mm -hmm. They almost kiss, but he pulls away and then kisses her hand, very gentlemanly, and starts to kiss up her arm, John. Oh, John. She tells him to take off his jacket so she can do it to him, too. She's like... She's like, let me flip the script. Yeah. As an older couple, they're still very sweet together. Iris continues to write. She starts to show signs of dementia, and she wonders aloud if someone would tell her if she'd gone mad. They are so cute together. Like, we're going back and forth between when they're younger and when they're older, and they just seem so sweet in both age ranges. Yeah, they're still very intellectual together. They have these quips and this humor that's very shared, and, like, I think the actors do a really good job of playing off the chemistry there. Yes, so cute. 
We continue to flash back and forth. Young Iris and John are getting to know each other. She, as you're probably picking up, very self-assured, outgoing, free-spirited. And John is awkward but sweet. And he seems amazed that he's just had a chance with this woman, that he's, like, been recognized by her in a room. Right. It's so sweet. And as you're watching this, I think if you just have a partner that you love, you're just thinking about how, like, growing old with them and the Ugh. highlight reel of your lives and, like, what you'll flash back to and think of and, like, just immediately watching this. I'm like, well, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're both like, uh-oh. We're in for it at yep. this point. <laughs> Older Iris, we see, has been very successful. She's won awards. She's still being interviewed. But in one interview, she loses her train of thought mid-interview. Mm. And she tries to compose herself and kind of make up for it. But She's scared. She recognizes that something's happening to her. She hurries home and tells John she left because she didn't remember why she was there. And at a doctor visit, it's clear from the questions she can't answer that she's having memory issues. And she goes in for a scan and does some testing and is essentially told that the disease will win. Oh, this part got me so much. I'm like, being in the phase of knowing that you're going to lose your mind, you know, like, your normal functioning mind, I should say. Like, oh, I just can't imagine. Yeah. And John's face when the doctor says that this disease will win is just, mm. I cried. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is human, though. He gets increasingly frustrated as her mind wanders. It's clearly scaring them both. It's breaking both of their hearts. She doesn't recognize her own book when the postman delivers mm. an advanced copy, and she keeps, like, bumping into him, repeating herself, apologizing, just kind of seems lost in her own space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been with this woman who's been so fiercely independent her whole life, and, like, right. watching that is frustrating for him. There's a scene of them swimming together as a young couple and an older couple in the same place. It seems like John's trying to take her back to places of their youth to help just like with her memory and comfort. In the old days, John is like fully dressed while Iris skinny dips <laughs> without a care in the world. And as an older couple, they enjoy their swim for a few minutes, but then Iris panics and gets confused, so they have to stop. Side note to bring some levity to this. Have you ever been skinny dipping? One time. <laughs> One time with Sydney, our old roommate. Of course. <laughs> Wait, ocean or pool? Ocean. Okay, Can you believe? At night, of course. Yeah. Yeah, very quick, but we were like, gotta do it. We're never gonna do this again in our lives. We gotta do it. Wow, did you have a rush? Um, I, I think so. Like, did you actually like it or were you like, okay, I did it just to do it? Well, you know, at the time you're like, I'm young and carefree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a rush in that, but <laughs> it was the ocean at night. So, in and out, real quick. I am very impressed by that. <laughs> was not lingering. Have you? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, man. I think it would be uh, such a slim chance that would ever happen. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> One day, you and Kale will find yourselves someplace and you'll be like, this is the moment. It's now or never. Maybe for like at an all-inclusive resort somewhere where I know I don't know anyone, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. the right circumstance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would never do it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> frontal lobe wasn't fully developed at the time. <laughs> so at one point as a young couple, Iris tells John she wants him to read her draft. He's honored because no one's read it. Then she says, perhaps it's time we made love. Just like, you know, throws it out there. Read my book and also, yeah, you wanna? John is nervous and tells her this is his first time, but she's super confident 
and thus begins the roller coaster of their lives together. As an older couple, Iris has a meltdown, clearly very confused. John gets so frustrated he has to leave the room, and Iris comes back and says sorry, but John tells her not to apologize and then reads to her. Oh, so heartbreaking. Which is so sweet. I don't know why that gets me. Yeah. Oh. Iris does have some moments of lucidity, and the doctors can't explain how that's possible based on her scans. John wants to learn, quote, her language before the lights go out, but the doctors don't seem optimistic. Oh, and he's just, like, desperate to connect with her and not lose her. It's so sweet and sad. Yeah. Back in the old days, John talks about how Iris has her own secret world, and he's the only one who's been introduced to it. So, again, he's just, like, enamored with her. Mm -hmm. She's unlike anyone he's ever met. As an older woman, they visit her old friend Janet. She seems to connect with her friend even if not with words, but it's still very sad. And back at their house, it's getting very messy and cluttered. As you can imagine, it's hard for John to keep up with everything and also care for Iris. Mm -hmm. One day, she wanders off, and John goes out looking for her but ends up calling the police for help because he's panicking. A few hours later, a friend of theirs finds her at the grocery store and brings her home. He's obviously very relieved, but he also doesn't recognize the friend. And this is surprising to his friend because he was in their wedding. So all of a sudden you're realizing John is also having memory issues, which is just like terrifying. Yeah. In a flashback, we learn that Iris has an extensive romantic history, much to John's chagrin. She tells him that he knows more about her than anyone on earth and that he's her world. In present day, he has a total breakdown in bed, screaming about how he's never truly known Iris. And now that he's the only one who has her, he doesn't want her. Oh, this is hard to watch. Do you think he just was frustrated and just said what was in his mind at that moment? Or do you think he was trying on purpose to be harsh to kind of like jar her back to herself or something? I don't know. I mean, he's like, he's isolated, all things considered. Now he's in this position where he's also losing his memory, and he's having these, like, not pleasant flashbacks. So I don't know. I mean, I think part of it just has to be, like, your own pent-up frustration, but then also, you know, people who have memory problems often Mm -hmm. lash out also, so Mm -hmm. it could have just been that manifesting. I'm not sure. Yeah. It was sad to watch, though. Yeah. At one point, their friend Janet passes away. John speaks at her funeral. It's awkward and depressing. Iris has a breakdown at the funeral. She's very upset about Janet's death. But on the way home, she's still panicking, and she tries to take over the wheel from John. And then she opens the door and falls out of the car. John pulls over to look for her. He finds her laying on the ground and hugs her, and they both start laughing. She tells him she loves him. Oh, I can't handle this part. Also, I'm like, these two, they're just, like, stuck in their own bubble. They need more help. Yes, like, no one seems to know how bad it is for both of them. Right. They're struggling. Like, this got me. Oh. And he says at one point during this part, he's like, I used to be so afraid of being alone with you. Now I can't be without you. (sighs) The doctor determines that it's time for Iris to live in a safer environment, assisted living or a nursing home. And at this, you know, new place, they're very kind. They offer for John to stay the night and say he can do so and visit whenever. But the next scene we see is John rubbing her face, saying it was quiet when she died, and he wanted to tell her one more joke. Uh. And then we see John back at home smelling her clothes, and the movie ends. Like, it's one of those kind of like brief snapshot in time Mm. kind of movies with some flashback for context. Right, right. 
It's so sweet and sad all at once. And it's just like pulls at your heartstrings. And I don't know, you just kind of leave it feeling melancholy and wistful. Melancholy is a good word for this movie. It's very melancholy. And like most of their present day filming is kind of like gray. It's almost like overcast Mm -hmm. throughout while the flashbacks, you know, are very joyful and sunny and... Right, right. You know, so they kind of like have that juxtaposition as well where you're yeah. just like sad. Oh, And this is based off of Iris Murdoch, who is a real life novelist. In a way, it's a biographical film about her life. Have you read any Iris Murdoch books? I don't think I have. Have you? No, I was just looking at a list before this and I have not either. Hmm. But I know she's like, you know, very esteemed. Yeah. And this movie actually got... Some serious buzz, Judy Dench and Kate Winslet received Oscar nominations for their performances. Jim Broadbent, who plays the older John, won an Oscar for his performance. And, like, they were all outstanding in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Judy Dench especially. I'm, I'm just like, oh, she's amazing in this. Yeah, she really is. Is there anything you um, disliked about this movie? Um, not a dislike, but it's just so sad that it's not just Iris's own journey. There's these peripheral things happening in the people around her like Janet when they go and see her you can kind of tell that Janet is not well she's sick but she kind of hides it from them and like John's going kind of through his own health issues and kind of ignoring them for the sake of her and so I think it's just a reminder that like you know life isn't actually about like one person you're always surrounded by other people's you know stories and heartache and it's just really sad everyone's dealing with something yeah so sad. What about you? I feel like we just watched this during a time where we where we watched like a chunk of sad Kate Winslet movies, which she's in a lot of sad movies. Mm-hmm. This and Blackbird. Like I think we watched them kind of close together and we're just like, ah, Yeah. <laughs> Tired of the sad movies. I mean, that's really the only thing I disliked about it. Like it was an interesting watch and a sweet watch. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a hard watch when like the ending is just her death, you know? Yeah, true. So for Kate's character, young Iris, we gave her a 7.5 out of 10. She's free-spirited. She's lively, self-assured, very confident. Like, you get the sense that she is way ahead of her time. She's definitely different from other women in that time and kind of goes against the grain, I think, of what people expect of women during that time when she's young. Mm -hmm. So that, I don't know, she becomes a very, like, engaging and enthralling character as a young woman, I think, for that reason. Yeah, she has this very magnetic personality, and I think especially when you're looking at the difference between young Iris and old Iris, you see that young Iris is, like, such an anchor, I feel like, in the movie, like, Mm -hmm. because as old Iris, she, so early on, like, from one of the first scenes, she's becoming a ghost of her former self. Right. And we just, like, see John trying to grasp at these elements or personality traits of young Iris that made him fall in love with her. Yeah. Obviously, it's interesting because the whole movie is about Iris. Kate only plays young Iris, so that's what we, like, rated her character more on. There's also this, like, sweet part when, you know, she's much more experienced than John, but eventually when she's ready to, like, fully be with him, she tells him of her, like, whole dating history. She's very honest with him. And then she declares that he's the only one she wants. And I just thought that was, like... Very sweet and a cool character trait for, you know, obviously this is based off a real woman, so I don't know how 
how realistic that was, but I feel like it would be easy to cast sort of a different light on a woman who is like more free spirited in that way in that time. Yeah. Yeah. So for Kate's acting for Young Iris, we gave her a seven out of 10. This was a different role for her in some ways. It felt a little unconventional in a different way than her other movies, maybe. Like she is, we have seen her play some free spirited characters coming to mind as like hideous kinky, like mm-hmm. kind of characters down that path. I thought she played this one a little bit different. This was almost like a character combination of like hideous kinky and enigma to me, where she's like, yes, free spirited, but like intellectual and kind of daring and kind mm-hmm. of pushing the boundaries for women at her time. So I kind of liked seeing those very different characters kind of like coming together, but still being its own unique person. Mm-hmm. Totally. I also think she plays this like sort of natural sense of humor really well. And she has this subtle comedic timing that really works in this character because her character is kind of like sly. She like kind of waits to see what the other person is going to say or how you'll react to something she says. It's like this subtle way of going about displaying a sense of humor that I think she did a good job with. Yeah, and she really injects this charm into this character because Mm -hmm. I think that this character very easily could have come off as cocky or arrogant. And she really injects this, like, lovable charm to it. Mm, True. Which seems like it would be a difficult balance to strike. So true. Also, thoughts on her with, she has this, like, cropped hair. I can't even call it pixie cut. It's just cropped. Oh, yeah. It's giving, it's giving Maria from Sound of Music. It is, except for there's something also sort of, like, Peter Panish about it. (laughs) Ooh, that's a good description. Yes. Yes. Uh, We'll have to post some pictures of it. Yeah, yeah. Also, we just talked about this two episodes ago, about her singing, Mm, mm -hmm. and she sings a lullaby in this movie. Yeah, just like little, you didn't know. Things you wouldn't know unless you watched her whole filmography. Exactly. So for our bonus category of this season, the category is feisty, and we gave her a one out of two here. Like you said, Anne, she's definitely bold. She is ahead of her time, so we had to give her some points for that. She's outspoken, confident, self-assured. Maybe not as feisty as some characters we've seen that have, like, more outward displays of feistiness or, like, sort of conflicts with people that sort of show that Mm -hmm. feistiness. Hers is more so just, like, in her personality. So we had to give her a point here. Yeah, I think we thought she was maybe a little more lively than feisty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then for Would You Watch Again, we gave this a one out of five, maybe kind of surprisingly. I really liked it, but I thought this was so sad And I just, you know, don't love when the resolution is someone dying. Yeah. You know, I do think this is worth the watch. Absolutely. The actors in this movie are outstanding and they do an incredible job. Um, You will be very emotional watching it, but it's not something that I'm like, gotta watch it again. No. I liked it, but too sad. Don't want to watch it again. Fair enough. Not what I watch movies for. (laughs) So to review for Iris, we gave the plot a 7 out of 10, the character of young Iris a 7.5 out of 10, Kate's acting a 7 out of 10, a feisty score of 1 out of 2, and a Would You Watch Again score of 1 out of 5, for a total score of 23.5 out of 37 points, meaning that Iris is ranked number 22, which is kind of interesting because I'm like, we rated this pretty well, you know, like pretty solid scores, but 22, which... Kate's season is so interesting because, like, 
I feel like the bottom half of her movies that we ranked are like low, low, low. Yes. But then it was very tight in the top half. Yes. Agreed. So this fell right behind Heavenly Creatures and right ahead of Quills. Yeah. And that feels right to me. Yeah. Having watched all of them. Right. (laughs) You did a good job rating. (laughs) Man, we're so good at this. (laughs) We agree with what we did to this rating. (laughs) You know, I don't always agree with past me. So sometimes that is actually. No, that's true. We have a testament. We have gone through some movies before where we're like, oh, why did we say that? Like, reading this yeah. back, what? <laughs> Our score doesn't make sense. Hindsight's twenty twenty. a lot of times. You walk away, you marinate on a movie for a year, and then you record the episode, and you're like, well, true. You know? This one holds up. It does. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or on TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com or support us at buymeacoffee.com slash girlcrushpod. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about two children's movies, fairies, and a kid in King Arthur's court. And is this the last of her kids' movies that we're reviewing? Ooh, let's double check. I think she's in a lot. A surprising number. Yeah, a surprising number. Um, I would call Finding Neverland like a family movie. Mm. We haven't reviewed that one yet. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think it's exclusively like a kid's movie like these ones are. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. We're winding down in the season. We are. It's kind of crazy. It feels like. I guess technically when this comes out, there will still be like two months of episodes. But for us, it feels oh, yeah. like we're winding down. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it's just a handful of episodes left. Yeah, crazy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh,